the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. Side by side, Forge gets a better line. Oh boy, we got wheel to wheel right here, string. Oh, and Stu Baylor right behind him. Russell gonna try to dive bomb down to the inside. No, can't get the line he wants. Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, and with me today, as always... Brandon Whitehair, guys. What is going on? Man, we're back. Back. Not a Monday evening. No, it's not. But we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. We want to go ahead and apologize for not being here bright and early for you on Tuesday morning, but... Better late than never, right? Yeah, life got busy for us. Life a got bit. a little bit busy. This is episode 47, so we're excited to be coming back at you guys. Um, I want to go ahead and let you guys know that we will be taking a week off next week. Um, I'm going to be on vacation, so going to uh, the extended part of West Virginia, Dirty Myrtle <laughs> Beach, <laughs> for the weekend, or for the week, actually. And uh, yeah, so I want to let you guys know that, but... Before we get into the show, we got to thank our awesome sponsor today, Guts Racing, formed in 1985 in Northern California. Uh, they've been a leader in seat innovation and technology since then. Uh, anything you guys need seat cover-wise or seat foam-wise, look no further than Guts Racing. Look at Thad Duvall in the woods or Joel Hetrick on the track. Those guys trust Guts, and you guys definitely should too. Brandon, what's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Not much. Just got actually got done doing a, a hell big uh, workout. So, uh, man, he's been putting me through the ringer a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just uh, having fun. Good for um, you. <laughs> the the little guy started football. Um, that's been really busy. Um, we did some riding over the weekend at Track 93. Uh, got some seat time in. The workouts have been paying off. Uh, not not breathing heavy at all. Just got to fight uh, the hand fatigue and stuff like that. So, awesome. So getting back on the bike some more and uh, all that good stuff. You awesome. Know? Yeah, man. They don't get that 318 out anytime. No, no, not this weekend. Oh. Not like I planned on. But I, I did get the mountain bike out. <laughs> the mountain bike. I, I went for a mountain bike ride this weekend uh, over at Watersmith State Park. So that was fun. We yeah. uh, or I had a good time over there just riding around and competing on Strava, <laughs> the girl's Strava looking at how much faster other guys are than I am I tell you what you keep riding that two-wheel machine you're going to end up with one uh, with, motor with a motor <laughs> I'm getting the skill set down right a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> he's got to add a twist throttle to that thing yeah there we go there we go <laughs> but uh no I guess uh, this weekend uh Nolan and I went golfing twice yeah first time I've been golfing in years so Took the little man golfing. Good times. I bet he beat you, didn't he? He did, definitely. <laughs> I'll, I'll drove you a couple times. He definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> so, hey, guys, we got an awesome show lined up for you today. We got Lane Michael coming on the show. Uh, rides for Ampro Yamaha, number 523. Uh, he just came off of a Sprint Enduro Championship. He's going to be riding in the ISDE this year. And uh, he's having a pretty good season so far in the GNCC, definitely showing a lot of flashes of speed. So we're excited to get him on and talk about 
his 2021 season and where he's at. Uh, then later in the show, we're going to be talking about the Heartland Ch- Challenge a little bit, which is this coming weekend. Yeah. And uh, we have a uh, special guest coming on the show to uh, help us talk about that just a little bit. But, uh, Brandon, you want to talk about um, – well – We'll talk about that later. The EMTB. Yeah, we yeah. We'll talk about a little bit of that. Yeah. Later. Well, let's get let's go not, ahead and get Lane on. Yeah, not too much racing to talk about. Uh, man, it's a dr- it's, it's been, tough right it's now, been isn't tough, it? Man, it's been tough, but uh, it'll all come back here soon. Yeah, yeah, we're excited for racing to get back going. It feels like GNCC has been off forever. Ever. They started so early, and then it's like three months hiatus. It feels like. <laughs> it, it feels like a long time. So. So we're excited. I mean, snowshoe honestly feels like forever it ago. It does. It does. So we're excited for GNCC to get back and going. Uh, we still got another daggone month. <laughs> we got a month. month until GNCC is back. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're itching for it to be back. But right now, uh, we do have a little bit of Loretta Lindsay. You've been watching any yeah. of it going? Yeah, man. I tell you what, what's, what's pretty uh, cool, I don't know if you paid attention to the old guy class, the old pro class, uh, uh, Jeff Emick and uh, Rhino, old Rhino. Man, he's like on a 1987 Honda or something like that. Were they both tape. riding vintage vintage bikes? No, no, no. Just Rhino? <laughs> yeah, Rhino's on a vintage. And, uh, was Rhino wearing a helmet? Emick was on a 150TC <laughs> Husky. So, yeah, Rhino was, you know, you know, no braces for Rhino. You know no braces, yeah. no neck braces. Yeah. Was he wearing boots? Yeah, he was wearing boots. Or was he wearing flip-flops? Uh, I mean, he, he was in the booth. I think he had a little <laughs> bit of hair flow going, you know. No, I mean, he's looking good. Uh, Deegan's been tearing it up. Um, <laughs> he had a rough second moto, though, in the one. He, uh, I think he got, went down and, and then went off the track. And I saw that, where Levi Kitchen won. Yeah, Levi's definitely been Shocker. tearing it up. Yeah. Shocker right there. R- runs a pro, pro motocross last week and then Loretta <laughs> Lenz this, this week. So Could you imagine being the kid beside him? Right. Like, how am I going to face this I don't guy? understand what the uh, – I mean, I, good for him. Yeah. He's he's following the rules, but yeah. it's just weird yeah. seeing a pro uh, lining up with, with amateurs. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, what do you say we get Lane Michael yeah, on? Yeah, let's get Lane on. All right, let's do this. All right, guys, we're back. Welcome to the show. Lane Michael rides for a, uh, Ampro Yamaha, number 523 in the GNCC series, and just coming off a sprint enduro championship. Lane, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, not much. Just actually uh, doing some bike work. Today's kind of a day off from training and riding, so uh, catching up on some old bike work that I've uh, been lazy doing. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal, man. Good deal. So, uh, hey, before we get into your season so far, Brandon and I have always had like a special interest in your racing career because I don't know if you remember or not, but we used to ride down at uh, um, uh, uh, Pyramid Valley when you used to ride there all the time as a little kid just ripping around. So we, <laughs> yep. re- we remember you from way back then when yeah. when uh uh when you were just a little tyke <laughs> yeah that's awesome gosh i miss that place i had some fun times there yeah man yeah that's a great place i was actually there the day i think it was a private practice you went down and broke your collarbone going down the pit row yeah right there yeah yeah, yeah i was there yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a good day yeah yeah <laughs> but uh no yeah we talk a lot about how um awesome it is to see guys that have you know rode there in the past and been local guys and then do so well on a national stage and you've been right at the forefront of that example so it's really cool seeing uh what you've done at a national stage in the sprint enduros and the gncc as well so uh yeah it's cool to see yeah no it's been it was awesome growing up in that area i know i had a bunch of buddies that 
kind of grew up riding and uh obviously as i got older um i mean kind of on super minis i was always riding with guys that were faster than me i, I was you know super lucky to you know have good relationships with guys like thad and caleb russell and uh, even Justin Williamson, um, he's kind of an old name, probably not too many people remember it, but he was an XC2 champion back in the day. And he lived uh, he lived up the road for me at first. And then he actually lived uh, with me and my family for, um, shoot, it was probably a couple of years. And just to have him to chase uh, when he was winning an XC2 championship and battling uh, up front, man, to have that to chase as a little kid, man, it was uh, it meant the world to me. And still to this day, I, I generate a lot of, I think a lot of my success uh came from justin and uh like thad and caleb like all those guys just trying to chase him down when i was younger that's awesome so have you always been primary uh a woods guy or were you ever uh dabbling more in the motocross scene because when we were watching you out there i mean motocross came pretty looked like it came pretty naturally to you yeah no i never i i mean obviously as a on a 50 like a, the z50 i think was my first race and it was at pyramid but no, I, I eventually moved into the woods really quickly. And, um, man, as a kid, I, I loved the woods just because, you know, you got to ride for, I don't know how long the races were back then, but just say there were 20 minutes where a motocross race, we got three laps. So, yeah, <laughs> if, I mean, like just to be able to go ride and not stop as a kid, man, I was just, you know, so obsessed with, with woods riding and uh, my cousin's race when I was younger and just, you know, being around all your friends all the time and, Man, I, uh, yeah, that's just kind of how it started. I, I love motocross. Uh, it's, it's definitely something I've always enjoyed doing. And, um, you know, when Pyramid always have the money races or whatever, uh, as, you know, 16, 17 year old kid, like I'd always go race them, like just to stack up against, um, you know, the faster moto guys. I know like Dylan Slusser was close and, um, you know, I was able to beat them a couple of times and like run with Shane Durham and, uh, Mike McDade and, um, stevie roman like there's a lot of fast dudes that you would always show up to that race and uh it was always cool to you know try to go in as a woods guy they'd always make fun of me with my big tank and bark busters but <laughs> man i'd always uh yeah i was just a little kid it kind of sucks like looking back now i wish i would have battled them a little harder but uh no it was cool like just to be able to run with them and uh yeah it was kind of cool to prove some of them wrong. I'd make fun of me with my bark busters and big tank. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always the the wood joke when you know the woods guys joke show up to the motocross track with the big uh, big tank and bark busters. But uh, anymore, you you, you uh, GNCC guys uh, kind of pretty much focus on a lot of practice on motocross. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you, you used to kind of train a little and ride a little bit with uh, Justin Barsha, right? Yeah, yeah. Justin and I is really good friends. And um, yeah, honestly, this is the first summer I haven't went down to his place in Florida. I've uh, when he first signed at JGR, I don't know if it's the first year he was there when we kind of linked up. We got the invite uh, to go ride there one day. And man, we just hit it off. We were really good friends. And uh, actually that uh, he invited me down to his place uh, to ride with him that summer. And man, ever since then, we uh, yeah, we've been really good friends. We still stay in touch this year. Like I said, I haven't been able to to see him um, really since I. It was really since the pandemic kind of hit last year. I actually went down there while we were all on a hiatus and um, rode together with him for uh, it was a couple weeks, maybe a few weeks, something like that. And ever since we both kind of got back to racing, man, it's been pretty hard to uh, link back up. Um, he was supposed to come to. He was actually in my wedding. Um, but unfortunately, with kind of COVID restrictions, he was unable to come. But um, yeah, other than that, it's been 
a really cool friendship, uh, riding with him, training with him and, uh, yeah, just learning from, you know, all the different genres of racing. It's been really cool. That's awesome. So did you, um, whenever you started racing in the woods, did you start out at a local series or did you just jump straight to the GNCC series? No, I started out in, I don't know the, the original name of it now, but Paul Coons used to run it. Okay. Um, I'm drawing a blank on uh, He ran several series different series, I believe, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but it was his, his, you know, the main one that was, you know, pretty big back in the day. Uh, okay. That's, that's where I started out. And then, you know, from there, I mean, I raced local series all the way up until, I think, when I signed with Coastal the first year. Even when I was on a Honda, had the factory sport with Honda through Morgantown Power Sports, um, I would still go hit up local races and, yeah, just trying to make money. <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> kind of what it all was. But, um, but yeah, ever since I haven't hit up too many, I'm kind of greedy now. I just show up at the money races and uh, <laughs> I kind of feel bad doing it sometimes. <laughs> but, man, when they put up a $1,000 purse and it's only a couple hours away, it's kind of hard to pass up sometimes. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's always fun to go back to local races. I actually did one this year. I did Richie Nolan series. Um, I think it was up around Elkins kind of where, you know, a hub of, uh, the local racing where I grew up, I uh, went up and did that and it was super muddy and gosh, I had a blast. I know probably a lot of the guys were pretty bummed that I showed up, but <laughs> man, I had so much fun, like just, you know, weaving in and out of traffic. And I mean, it was a pretty technical course with Hills. And like I said, it was super muddy. So, uh, but man, I, I still have a blast showing up to local races when I can, but you know, we have such a kind of busy schedule. It's kind of nice to take the weekend off when you have it. So yeah, no uh, don't doubt. Get to do as much as, yeah, don't get to do it as much as I'd like, but yeah, it's still fun to get out there and, you know, see all the, you know, the people you grew up with and, uh, all the local crowd that race. It's, uh, it's cool to see how, how strong and, uh, you know, packed those events are. Yeah. No. And you know, the guys on the front line might be bummed to see, <laughs> to see you line up, but it's one of those things where like everybody else at the racetracks, like when, when a pro comes to a local series, it's, it's just kind of a really cool buzz and, uh, uh, guys enjoy it. Uh, I know like on the quad side, Adam McGill runs those mountain state races all the time. And, uh, it's, it's a pretty cool thing when he comes there as well. So that, you know, it's cool to see you guys. Cause you don't see that like in the motocross side. Um, yeah. whereas you do see it, um, in the GNCC side, a lot of guys will go to local stuff, and it really makes you guys, I guess, more accessible than 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 a lot of the other uh, pros and the other um, uh, types of racing, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty spot on. I mean, especially, like, the quad guys, I feel, are able to go do more local races because they, they technically don't have a second series they run, where right. uh, on the motorcycle side, we kind of have the Sprint Enduro Series or the National Enduros that – you know, some of the manufacturers really push to, you know, have their guys out on two series. So that kind of, they have a little more freedom, I feel, um, to be able to move around and hit some different races where us, we kind of just, I mean, for me personally, like I just pick and choose if there's a money race or something close by. I know where I live in North Carolina, uh, there's actually, um, the mid East series runs on some of my in-laws property. So it's kind of cool to go do that. And, uh, and whatnot but yeah definitely a little more picky about the ones i show up to, to do now but man it's still it's always cool um like you said the fans or the spectators man they 
that every time I came around like a couple of the tough sections, they would just sit there and be yelling shirts off waving. And, <laughs> and it's, it, it's cool. Like I was fist pumping at them. And I mean, obviously I was a little more, you know, relaxed where at a GNCC I have such tunnel vision, but there I'm able to kind of embrace it a little more and, uh, and whatnot. But man, it's, it's definitely cool to get back and, uh, you know, you know, race where it all began. So, yeah. So, um, speaking of sprint and Doro, uh, so what, you just picked up that uh, Sprint Endora Championship, first championship of uh, your career um, on the big bike. And uh, so tell us what that meant to you. Yeah, no, it, it meant a lot, honestly. Um, you know, they almost, you know, last year I got uh, second overall in the championship. And, and really at the end of the season, I came on strong at him and was battling Caleb and I uh, was able to take uh, an overall win from him. And uh, we battled we had two of them that came down to the very last test and man, he nabbed me twice and I was so mad, but, um, <laughs> it was, it was cool. Like just to battle with him and, um, you know, to, to, you know, separate the event weekend by less than two seconds, um, after 12 tests of racing and it was, it was crazy. And obviously, I mean, a lot of people might not know, but Caleb's, uh, my brother-in-law now. So, um, so battling him last year was, that, it was, it was cool. Like to be able to do it in his last year, uh, it's a shame I wasn't able to do it a lot more, but uh, just to be able to battle with them. And, you know, we still have uh, that rivalry in a sense. Like, you know, obviously Caleb's a gnarly human. Like, he does not <laughs> want to get beat. Like, if it's me or anyone, like, he would shove me off the track in a heartbeat. And, like, that's what I respect about him. Like, he, he is, you know, there's there's no no forgiving no matter who it is. And that was cool. So, to me, to be able to beat him, I mean, I know it was, like, straight up and fair and square and um you know i earned it so that made me feel really good and heading into this year with him um obviously not doing them uh kind of you know i felt like i was the number one guy and i wasn't sure who was going to show up and race him but um you know i had Stu there at the first two and he beat me and then i was able to steal the next two from him and get the points lead back and uh he ended up withdrawing from the last two so kind of had a little um smooth sailing the last couple but i mean i still had thad liam draper and then battling with johnny gerard who was in pro two but he was always battling for test wins with me as well so uh to kind of get that championship like like you said it was my first one on a big bike and it's been something i've been striving for for uh like 10 years now since i've been on a big bike it's been uh it's been a long road but it's definitely like not the biggest championship to win but um you know there were still some tough guys that i was able to beat and um yeah, definitely stoked to to nab that. Yeah, so that that sprint speed. I mean, uh, I, I love doing those events. Every time it comes to Beckley, if um, as long as I'm healthy, I'm down there doing that one for sure in Beckley, West Virginia. But um, yep. when you're down there and watching you, you know, you could definitely tell that you have great sprint speed, and you can tell that happens, and it transfers over into the beginning of the races for the GNCCs, because um, you're always there, like in the first part of the race. I mean, you're you're there. Um, What's got to happen to uh, in your program? What do you think you got to do to 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 make it last for the whole race? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, um, and it's been something I've struggled with. Like I've kind of, I'm not a head case by no means, but like I'll have a few things not go my way, and like I just struggle mentally to get back in it. And you know, when I lose touch, uh, I almost try to push too hard and make too many mistakes getting back up there, but. Man, I've been able to – I feel like this year, like, it sucks um, with how the GNCCs have went this year. Like, on paper, it looks like it's been crap, and, I mean, it has. Uh, but I felt like just as I got, you know, momentum on my side and was rolling, you know, I kind of 
had another uh nagging injury and um you know it, it's kind of it's been one thing after another i'm not one to really complain on social media or anything like that like i i don't like try to get sympathy i mean but it's been kind of a rough go i mean round one i had a clutch issue that was kind of out of our hands and uh florida round two i ended up knocking myself out on the last lap was still able to finish the race and obviously that lingered into georgia and just some things out of my hands and you know kind of got a vine wrapped around my neck ripped off so then to finish that one then i retweet the foot at camp coker and then like after that i was like dude like I have got to figure this out. Like <laughs> I was so frustrated that I've had, like I finished two races and they were both crap, like with issues. And then like the DNF two races in a row, like I was so pissed and came kind of clear mindset, had a little bit of a break. And then, you know, I got a fifth overall at uh, the tiger run, which is second South Carolina. And then was able to get on the podium at Ironman one. And man, I, I felt so good that whole race. And like, I just rode within my own, uh, comfort and was able to come out with a third and, you know, still pretty close to second and first. So that was super motivating to me. And when I came into Millfield, I was like, all right, like I'm going for the win. And, uh, just unfortunately I jumped in a rut and broke something in the transmission on the bike, just another like freak deal. And then <laughs> high point was the next race and, uh, it was in the lead and I had a crash and tweaked my ankle pretty bad. So oh, <laughs> it's like, when you say it all that like it's wild to how many events have happened in you know the first you know eight nine races at the gncc series for me but um yeah it sucks like i i feel like i haven't been able to show what i really really am capable of uh you know my trainer tom and myself i've been working really hard ever since i started working with them uh kind of midway through last year and it's kind of showed like i rode really good the last half of last year a lot of top fives and was nipping at the podium a couple times, but wasn't able to seal the deal. And, uh, you know, looking into this year, I was expecting to be on the podium every race or at least be battling for it. And I, I just haven't been. So it's been, it's been tough, uh, mentally, physically, and, uh, emotionally, but man, it's, uh, the sprints have kind of kept me, you know, mentally in it just cause I go out and I, I beat some of the best guys in the world still. And, uh, I know I have the speed and, I know I work just as hard as anyone, so it's just I got to keep my head down and uh, just yeah, keep keep plugging away. Yeah, what you what you prove time and time again is is that speed is definitely not the issue, and te- yeah. and technical riding is definitely not the issue as well. I mean, you've proven that in the sprint enduro championship. I mean, you said we know that that is not the primary series that these that you guys run but at the same time you are still battling the best of the best in the business and then you transfer that over to the GNCC side and it like Brandon said it just takes just one or two things to click to figure out that last half of the race but you know I know you just talked about how on paper you haven't had the season that you've wanted, but week in and week out, we see you up there up front before, like you said, something happens and uh, it ends up uh, uh, kind of costing you a few positions or so. But uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's only a matter of time before you show the talent that you have. Um, one thing that I've always noticed in the GNCC series, as far as uh, more so than like even motocross or supercross is I feel like you almost have a a longer learning curve in that pro class. It seems like cuz cuz I don't you don't really see too many guys, you know, in their first or second year just start killing it. It just seems like it takes a little bit longer to get and you're still young in it too, so 
Yeah, I mean, every rider's different. Uh, for me, I feel like it it took me a long time. I just kind of kept getting beat in the ground and with injuries. I mean, I've had a a lot of injuries over the past few years, so that that hurt me a lot. And yeah, I was just kind of just riding out there nervous. But I mean, some guy. I mean, Ben Kelly, for example. I mean, he came in off XC two and shoot, he won in one of his first XC one races. I think his second one. So everyone's different uh you know i am starting to you know get a little older on that list uh you know i'm still young for the most part but uh turned 27 this year so yeah the window's definitely shrinking for me um you know it's it's time to you know really figure it out and make a run at it or you know call it a career so uh <laughs> I, i'm not quite quite ready to do that uh i still feel like i have you know a couple good years left and definitely want to make the most of it uh you know it's it's tough gncc's are tough three hours it's it's hard to to put it together every weekend and um that's what when you figure it out and get it dialed in then that's why you see those guys doing well at the front it's why you see the same same guys up there i mean Stu and ben uh they're definitely both two completely different riders but they both have it figured out in their own way and um yeah i just it's taken me a long time to figure it out. I don't know. I find it every every now and again, and I think I got it figured out. And I show up to the next race, and it just doesn't pan out. So, um, yeah, we'll we've had a a good little break here so far. So definitely looking forward to getting back uh, to the last four GNCCs and definitely putting it on the box and going after a win. I know it's it's possible. Um, I haven't been anywhere close to it, but like I said, I, I know I can do it. It's just being smart and um knowing knowing when to put yourself in the right position and uh going after it so we'll uh yeah we'll keep working for it that's for sure yeah um th- another question i had for you so the is how has it been with uh Stu? has it been good having Stu as a teammate and maybe try to get that bike set up um i know there for a while the yamaha was been uh no one really wanted to touch it for a while just because of the um the width of it and all of its bad demons that you know that came with it, it seemed like you and uh, seemed like you guys have figured it out a little bit over there on that side uh, last about the last year and a half yeah i think a lot of people like looked at yamaha they just heard the moto motocross and supercross guys struggling with it but man for an off-road bike i i think it's great uh obviously they have it figured out on the moto side too but i feel like it's always been a really good off-road bike it's it's a little heavier so I feel like it gets a little better traction and soaks up kind of square edge bumps a, a bit more than some of the the lighter bikes out there. But um, as for like Stu and I bouncing back on settings, it's a bit difficult. Uh, we both have completely different riding styles. Stu's more of a bull rider and I'm not necessarily a finesse rider, but I, I let the bike do all the work and I just kind of long for the ride. So um, we have completely different riding styles in that aspect, but uh, we've been able to bounce a couple things, but for the most part, like I said, there's, and then there's also probably a 60 pound weight difference between the two of us. So that, uh, that's got a lot to do with it as well. Talk but, about no. soaking up square edge bumps a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, Stu, uh, I feel like Stu's kind of showing that, you know, Yamaha is capable of, of winning at a GNCC. I think a lot of people were afraid of it for a long time, but man uh the ampro crew with randy hawkins and uh all our mechanics uh, i know my mechanic dylan Corey mcdonald and uh lucas statum man they're they know what they're doing and um man I, like i said it's, it's good unfortunately it wasn't me to be able to bring them the wins in the gncc but 
uh, at least my teammate is, and I was able to nab a sprint enduro championship. So it's we're showing that it's definitely capable of running up front and winning championships. So uh, yeah, they've done a great job, and uh, we owe a lot of a lot of that to Factory Connection, and uh, like I said, a lot of a lot of the team sponsors that you know help us do that. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a great off road bike. I mean, I uh, I was scared about it at first. Like I'm a smaller guy; I'm only 160 pounds riding a 450, which is yeah which is tough. Um, but man, it's, uh, it's crazy. When I first hopped on it, it was really good for off-road races and, uh, yeah, stoked to, uh, to be riding blue. Now, do you detune that bike? Cause I know that bike has a lot of power. Do you, do you yeah. do, do detuning to it or? <laughs> no, man, we run, I run a stock engine. Uh, I don't even mess with mapping or nothing. Uh, just how it comes out of the box, out of the crates, how I run it. Uh, the only thing I really change is the gearing quite a bit. I put a 14 tooth on the front and I think a 51 on the rear. So it's just makes second gear super long. And, um, like I ride most of the jeans you see in second gear on that bike. So it, it just really makes second. It's a real like long gear obviously, but, uh, it just mellows it out in the beginning. So it's not, not as snappy and it's kind of what's worked best for me, but, um, yeah, no, no detuning. Uh, it's definitely something I've thought about, uh, after I've had my arms ripped off a few times, but, <laughs> uh, but no, it's, uh, it's good. Nice. Nice. So, so who, who's on the ISDE team? I, I know you're on it. Cody Barnes is on it as well. He's on the junior team. Oh yeah. The junior team. Who else, yep. who else is on the team with you this year? So we have Taylor Robert, uh, who's went for, I don't ever since I can even remember hearing about six days. Uh, he's won the overall before. And we have Ryan Sipes, who's also won the overall before. And then Johnny Girard, uh is on, on the trophy team and myself. So we have four really good riders. Um, you know, with two of them's won it. Johnny's obviously, this will be his first time. But if he rides anything like he has been at the sprints, I mean, we're we're definitely i feel like the favorite to win as a team um obviously there's a lot of variables in that race so to be able to to win it as a team um is tough but i think overall we, we got a great shot probably one of the best shots at going over there and, and, and winning and uh, for me personally i feel really confident in going over and actually winning it outright uh i mean i don't want to say confident winning it outright like that's i don't want to make it sound like i'm expecting that by by no means but i feel like i'm in the right position it's the best i've been riding in my career so to go over there and battle for the overall would be something very special and um i mean we'll we'll see when we get over there i could get my eyes opened real quick and be like <laughs> dang that i was an idiot for saying that but man i i just feel with how i'm riding and and whatnot like i feel like i'm uh, in the position to be able to go over there and, and battle for for overall test ones. It sounds like we have a we have a solid team as, yeah. as ever. I mean, and then you especially you add in like Sipes and uh, with the experience and everything. Uh, uh, that's yeah, you can't you can't replace that at all. So that's pretty awesome to uh, see. You know, you definitely got the speed to do it. So we're excited to see what you guys can do over there for sure. Yeah, it should be cool. Uh, we'll, we're headed over. Here in a couple weeks or a few weeks i think the 19th we fly out so it's definitely coming close and uh it's been good for me i've been back in the swing of things now for a few weeks uh like i said i banged up my ankle pretty bad and was able to labor it through snowshoe and then took another couple weeks off so i've kind of been back at it for three weeks now and 
uh, it's going really good. I've been riding really well. And, uh, yeah, just grind it out, getting the time in and definitely looking forward to heading over there and, um, yeah, doing it for USA. Yeah, man. Uh, so when you come back, what do you have like a week, like next week, then, then the, the GNTC breaks over, right? Or do you yeah, have- we have, when we get home, we get home September 5th, I want to say. And I think the 10th we're racing. So okay. yeah, that's I thought. <laughs> pretty, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> unfortunate little turnaround there, but no, it's, uh, it's all part of it. And, um, like I said, it's, it's definitely a long couple weeks over there with, with walking the first week and then racing six days straight. And then obviously the flight back. So. Yeah, definitely. When I get back, I probably won't touch a motorcycle until I go racing. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it'll it'll be good. Can't say that I blame you there. So speaking of not touching a motorcycle, uh, when you're not on the motorcycle, what do you do for fun? Uh, what's what's something that you enjoy? Yeah, so uh, like I said, Caleb and I are brother-in-laws. He lives right up the the road from me. We're actually uh, my wife and I were building a house uh, right next to him. So we're going to be neighbors here before too long. And, uh, <laughs> so him and I, we link up, uh, and go golfing quite a bit. That's kind of, it's kind of our getaway and, uh, definitely enjoy it. Um, you know, I enjoy cycling as well. It's part of training, but, um, you know, outside of all training, definitely golf. Uh, it's definitely, yeah, it's fun. I get pissed off at it just <laughs> like I do anything else. <laughs> I was going to say it's supposed but, to be relaxing, but I feel like that yeah. support that sport sometimes is the absolute opposite of relaxing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get pretty frustrated. I'm pretty mellow though. Like I get mad sometimes, but for the most part, I mean, uh yeah, I'm just an average golfer, so I don't I don't care too much. I don't get too butt hurt over it, but yeah, definitely it's fun to go out. We got a couple pretty nice courses around us, so it's it's good to go out and with him just get back from florida uh we've been able to go and golf quite a bit here recently so it's been nice i'm sure he's not too competitive at all (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah yeah he uh yeah no it's competitive (laughs) we we keep tabs on each other uh on the golf course we'll put it that way so yeah yeah uh, we definitely even if we're trying to break 100 you best believe he wants to beat me by a stroke just to be under 100 so uh no it's it's been fun and uh yeah we both enjoy it quite a bit we're probably not as good as we should be for as much as we've played but (laughs) uh but nonetheless it's still good to go out so yeah for sure so uh i know that we know that you're a big motocross fan um and have you what do you think of this season so far it's been pretty interesting hasn't it yeah it's been wild uh i really have been enjoying watching the 250 class um yeah i mean there's been what six different winners and seven races or yeah. however so uh it's been pretty cool uh i actually don't really know anyone um on the 250 side i've met a couple of them but as on a personal level i don't i don't know too many of them so it's kind of cool to be able to watch and then uh obviously the 450 class uh i know quite a few of those um i rode with cooper quite a bit when he lived in north carolina and obviously justin uh with him and i being real good friends i definitely always pulling for him to win but uh, but nonetheless, yeah, I'm just a fan like anyone else. I, I really enjoy watching the races and it's definitely occupies most of my Saturdays when they're on. And, uh, it was definitely cool to be able to watch Caleb race some of them this year. So yeah, it's been wild. The, those dudes are gnarly. Uh, I know TV does no justice at yeah. how fast those guys are going. And even when you watch them in person, it's, it's just crazy. And then, um, yeah, it, like I said, I've, I've rode with them firsthand. So it's wild to go out there and, you know how fast 
I mean, you think you are, and then you go ride with them, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, crap, dude, like I'm nothing. So uh, it's definitely cool. I enjoy it, and yeah, those dudes are they're gnarly for sure. I yeah. don't know how they hit their marks every lap. The track gets it's, so rough, and it's crazy. And if you watch them, like they don't even touch their rear brake. Like they could take their rear brake off, and they would it wouldn't even phase them. So uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned Caleb, like we had a, obviously a huge interest in his season this year. And it was unfortunate the way he had to come into the season with the broken jaw and uh, everything like that. Uh, we wish we could have saw maybe a, a bit more of a fair shakedown of where he could have what he could have done this season. But, uh, uh, you know, hats off to him just for for put throwing his name in the hat and, and doing it. And then when he did it, he didn't have a couple solid motives out there for sure so yeah uh, yeah it was just a bummer to see uh how you know coming into the season he kind of was had this deck stacked against him a little bit yeah no he definitely had uh i think an unfair shot at it it kind of sucks but um obviously i haven't talked to him too much about it like Caleb and i have a relationship where i kind of know what he's thinking so i don't yeah. i don't throw salt in the wound too much but oh, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah like i, I know it sucked um with him and his jaw like his his jaw it was i mean he didn't i mean obviously he put up the pictures but man that was gnarly and uh a pretty scary incident uh altogether so for him to be able to regroup and come back and when he started riding obviously he wasn't even released to start riding and uh to show up at high point and put in two amazing rides really i mean right. he got 15th and then um was in a first turn pile up and came back to i think it was like 21st or so i don't know exactly yeah. but yeah he uh he definitely had a rough go at it but man he uh it, it sucked for him because so many people from the outside looking in like thought he should be battling for top fives top tens and um like obviously i think if if things were right i think he could been battling for around the a, a, a 10th but honestly like a top 15 is an insanely good ride and it sucked that people you know they hold them to that standard of um of you know excellence so high and uh it sucked to to see people kind of talk bad about them and and whatnot and uh i mean caleb's super mentally strong so obviously it like didn't affect him much uh but i mean overall it does suck when you think or when you see everyone thinking that you should be be winning and honestly they just they're pretty clueless <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah I they said, really are <laughs> 15th is an amazing ride like oh, yeah. to be the i mean look how many factory 250 guys there are so uh, yeah. for him to even get in that mix and and be up there uh was really good but uh yeah unfortunate uh to where he just ended up calling it, but man, he made the right decision, and uh, yeah, definitely glad to have him back home and have a golf partner back. And uh, <laughs> I've been able to train with kind of him and some of his guys uh, that that just came down. So yeah, it's been good to to have him back, and yeah, just glad he's healthy and all's good. Yeah, we, yeah for sure. And then one thing uh, that when he did announce his his. I guess retirement or stepping away from motocross uh, that I saw online as I saw a lot of really good comments uh, by by people um, with a lot of respect and I feel like the GNCC community as a whole has earned a lot of respect in the um, in the motocross world 
from a fan standpoint in the past few years, like, uh, I mean, people are starting to realize that you guys are, are fast everywhere, not just in the woods. So um, it, it's pretty cool to see. And, uh, you know, a lot of people judge him unfairly by his 450 uh, motos up at uh, Unadilla a few years back. Um, but uh, I think that really opened a lot of people's eyes as well. So uh, it, it kind of it's cool to see it, to have somebody like that representing um, you, the GNCC racing community as a whole. So that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, he's done so much good for, for GNCC and our sport, brought so much attention to it. And like you said, when he went to Unadilla, when he got that shot on a 450, like, honestly, that year, the 450 class, I felt like there was 10 really good riders. So I honestly, I thought he could be around top, you know, 10 that year, uh, or battling right around 10th with those guys. And Obviously, when the skies opened up, man, I know he was just <laughs> dancing in his shoes. So, uh, th I mean, that just shows, like, how good, you know, how good we are in, in mud. Like, yeah. the, those are the world's best riders, like, for sure, on a motocross track. And just to show, like, that variable of how – and then Unadilla is super technical as well with all the hills. So, it just brought out all Caleb's strengths. And, uh, obviously, then everyone expected him to be able to battle for – top fives no matter where he went in in motocross which which is a bit unfair but man i know if there was a mud race um when he was on the 250 this year and if he was still racing they'd they'd be in some trouble man it's, I, uh, I thought we were gonna get it at high point i really did oh i know <laughs> i know i was watching the weather unfortunately i couldn't make it to go but yeah i was doing the rain dance for him because <laughs> all those off campers and hills dude he would uh oh, i think no. he really ate them up so uh, but no, it's like I said, he's done brought so much, you know, um, publicity to, to GNCC and off road. And he's kind of paved the way for a lot of us to, you know, make a living, uh, racing off road. Cause it's, it's hard to, it's hard to do it. Uh, honestly, I mean, uh, there's, there's, I mean, look how many teams have stepped up in the past kind of year or two, uh, into the sport. So it's been really cool to, to do that. And I think we all, uh, all owe Caleb a lot uh, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, for yeah. sure. We got to figure out a way to get you guys paid more. <laughs> I know. Maybe no. if, if there was a podcast, it's, it's got to be earned. <laughs> Can't just give it out. We got to earn it. So. That's right. That's right. Maybe if there was a podcast dedicated towards you guys, you know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this so, could be it. This could be the calling. This, this could be. We're yeah. trying. <laughs> but uh, so before we let you go, um, first off, we definitely appreciate you coming on, and this has been an awesome podcast. Uh, but uh, we have a question that we ask to every uh, guest that we have on the show. Um, if you had to pick one fast food restaurant and one candy as your favorite, what would it be? Uh, fast food restaurants for sure, Taco Bell. Can't oh, go wrong nice. with a chicken quesadilla, Crunchwrap Supreme, Baja Blast. That kind of makes me want to go get one right now, but it probably won't be the best decision. But That just sounds like nah, my childhood then, right there. <laughs> yeah. And then the candy one's tough for me. Uh, I'm kind of a little candy head. That's like always my go-to on the way home from a race. But I'd have to say my main candy that I always go for is probably a Snickers. So yeah. uh, Snickers would probably have to be my, my sugar tooth. <laughs> nice. after, after the season you've had so far, you need a Snickers every now and then. <laughs> Hey, when I first started out on big bikes, I'd eat a piece of a Snickers in my pit stop. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Nice. Try to get a little something in me. I was, I was just, a, I mean, I'm still a scrawny, 
uh, dude. So uh, <laughs> definitely tried to get some calories in any way I could. That's yeah, no good. doubt. No doubt. Hey, Lane, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. We definitely appreciate your time today. And uh, obviously, good luck in the, at the ISDE uh, for sure. We'll be definitely be watching and keeping an eye on that and uh, covering it as best we can from, from over here in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Thank you. I appreciate it. And yeah, I was glad glad to make it happen all right right, man man. we appreciate it and uh we'll talk to you again down the road all right sounds good take care guys all right you too yep all right guys that was lane michael uh man that was a good podcast we or good interview with him we uh had a lot of good stuff to talk about learned a lot for sure yeah about his uh routine and uh what he's gone through this season for sure yeah, a lot of times you don't really really know what all these guys have been through because, you know, you don't see all the parts of the track and all this and, you know, three-hour long race. And um, sometimes, you know, Racer TV does uh, best that they can. And you know, I mean, they're covering a 11- to 13-mile track yeah, at times. So, and they so, do a really good job at it. But like you said, there's a lot of hidden stuff that you don't get to see for sure. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to hear his side of it. And uh, he's definitely got the speed. And, and uh, I'm sure coming back from uh, the ISDE in the second part of the season, uh, you probably see him up here on the podium at least a couple more times this year. Yeah, for sure. So, hey, before we get our next guest on the line and talk about the Heartland Challenge, let's go to uh, the EMTB race at Loretta Lens this weekend, Brandon. Um, uh, they got to race race down there at the beginning, I believe, of the Loretta Lens uh, Amateur Nationals. Yeah, it happened, it happened right uh, over the, the weekend. Um, before Loretta Lynn's okay, but yeah, right no. before right before they started, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, Kyle Smith actually took the win, which was I think a pretty surprising um, over Nick Mackey and Charlie Mullins. Yeah, um, and Charlie Mullins has been the guy to beat in the last couple of years, and uh, Nick Mackey and uh, uh, has been given a run for his money, and then uh, Kyle Smith shows up at Loretta Lynn's and um, takes the victory. Yeah, that's awesome. To see somebody else get a win this year, uh, uh, Kyle's actually third in the points right now, and he's been on the podium um, every single every single weekend. But he's mainly been finishing in the third place p- uh, position. Uh, so it's cool to see him get up there on the podium. Um, Charlie Mullins has still got the lead in the championship series, but uh, it's a super close <laughs> battle. Um, that uh, Nick Mackey, he is only two points behind uh, Charlie in the championship series. Uh, so, and then honestly, uh, Kyle Smith is not that far behind. They're all only separated by uh, six points. So, um, it looks like it's going to be a really. I'll tell you what, that's actually the tightest championship battle we have in GNCC right now. So uh, we got to cover that really closely throughout the rest of the year and see how that turns out because that's an exciting uh, championship going on for sure. Uh, those three guys have been duking it out all year long, and Kyle is going to come into the next race with, uh, I would say, a head full of steam and a lot of um, – uh, a lot of confidence and <laughs> motivation. We talk about motivation all the time, and uh, yeah, that's it for sure. So uh, excited to see uh, how the rest of that season turns out. With only six points separating those guys, you get to have points changing in the re- in you know. Oh yeah. Uh, the leader or Charlie going to second or even third with just one bad race. Yeah. 
So uh, that's really exciting to see. We'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. So this coming weekend is the Heartland Challenge um, ATV event, and we're going to be talking to uh, Kendall Cruz. Um, now, he's a local um, out near where the Heartland Challenge is, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about that race and uh, what's coming up in that. So we're going to get him on the line and uh, talk about that now. Uh, but, uh, Brandon, you know, that's a race that I'd like to get out to sometime and. and yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems pretty exciting. A 24 hour, uh, race. Um, you know, uh, I think it's like a four team, I think it's you got four, four riders on a team, um, which we'll, we'll find out from Kendall. Um, you see all the about it. GNCC guys, uh, getting ready for it. Yeah. You got Walker, Merritt, Josh Merritt, um, uh, a lot of other guys think, getting ready for it. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, um, Johnny, uh, Johnny G, yeah. Johnny Gallagher, Johnny Gallagher <laughs> is uh, getting ready for it as well. Uh, I'm not sure who's on what teams. I'm, I don't think. I don't know if they're all together. I don't think Josh is on the same team as uh, as as Walker. I'm not sure. We'll have to find out. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Is Mark Notman racing in the? He might be. I think he is he because probably. I've seen it. I've seen videos of him training. Yeah. Uh, from Walker and Johnny's uh, Instagram, Johnny actually had a video of uh, Mark picking his bike well, uh, back up from being upside down on a trail. Well, so. they, they need him on the team in case they break stuff. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, uh, so I'm excited to see how that goes and uh, to see you know what team ends up doing best. Uh, we'll be following that race for sure as well. But let's go ahead and get Kendall Cruz on the line and, and talk to him a little bit because I'm you know. Uh, we've heard about this race before, but we really don't know all the ins and outs. And I feel like having a local on the show uh, will really help us, you know, dive a little bit deeper into this race for sure. So we're going to go ahead and get him on the line now. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, and welcome to the show, Kendall Cruz. Uh, Kendall, thanks for coming on the show, man. We appreciate uh, we've talked to Kendall a few times on social media and uh, um mainly have talked about the Heartland Challenge, and that's something that we've always been interested in, uh, but never really have gotten the opportunity to go out to the race or really know much about it. So it's really cool to have a, a local expert come on and talk to us about it. Kendall, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and you know, appreciate you letting me uh, you know, use your platform to, to chat a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So uh, before we got on, you actually are loading up to uh, head to the track now. So uh, I guess that's pretty exciting, man. That's a big weekend ahead of you. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's nerve wracking. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, um, I'm planning on uh, on Ironmaning uh, the event again this year. This will be number three, and I'm learning from previous mistakes. And the checklists are are four pages long for the machine and what to pack and. You know, we're bringing bringing everything in the kitchen sink that uh, that can be changed out in 30 minutes or less. So we're we're loading it up and and uh, you know, kind of shocked that it, the race isn't until Saturday and I'm ahead of schedule on a Wednesday, finally getting everything put together. Nice. <laughs> so when did the Heartland Challenge start? And um, you know, I'm it's grown over the years as to being a a pretty big event actually. Oh yeah, it's it's gotten huge. Um, so the Heartland started, uh, I want to say, twelve years ago. I believe, well, thirteen years ago, uh, because we we weren't able to have it last year due to uh, due to COVID. I believe that's correct. And um, this uh, this whole event kind of came off as uh, you know, before there was Heartland, there was uh, a twelve hours of America ATV race, and at the same facility that we're having this race at. 
and uh, that kind of went away, and um, this sort of became the brainchild of Andy Kiner, who's the director of the uh, IATB HSS series, and um, it, it kind of just took off from there. The first year, I think they had it in November, and Johnny Gallagher was there, if I recall right, and it was snowing, and it was it was nasty, and uh, <laughs> they moved it. They ended up moving it to August during the GNCC break, and it's been in Carlisle for since the beginning. And then uh, this year, they've decided to move the event to Fort Dodge, where the 12-hour race used to be. And uh, you know, we're all kind of sitting here in, uh, you know, shrouded in mystery, going, "Okay, what's the <laughs> challenge section going to look like? What we raced a local there, but." You know, knowing Andy and his crew and the phenomenal job they do, okay, what are we gonna what are we gonna get ourselves into here? Yeah. Now, so do they break it up in like different sections? You get like a lot of field sections, or how long is the track usually uh, for like mileage wise? Um, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight miles, and we we hit we hit everything on on the property. Um, it sometimes can be a little bit longer too. It just depends on how fast or slow the track is, but. Uh, yeah, so we, we hit everything like you would in a typical uh, cross-country race. The only exception being um, the, the famous challenge section that is uh, almost like a joker lane if you want to go through it. And if you can get through it uh, cleanly, usually you can save 30 seconds a lap. But if you get hung up, I mean, you're looking at a minute, minute and a half, you know, that you lose. And uh, the unique thing about that challenge section is – you know, one of the things we love in cross-country racing is the mud fleas. You get stuck, and you can, you know, they come and help you out. But if you get stuck on the challenge section, you're on your own. You can't. There's no outside assistance. Oh, wow. wow, that's interesting. Wow. So you talked about doing the Ironman event uh, or the running in the Ironman class, and we know that's that's all on you. Um, man, that sounds pretty crazy <laughs> to to run a race like that by yourself. Uh, talk us through like the decision to do that and uh, the obviously the, the challenges uh behind running a, a such a long race on your own well you know you, you do it once you, you're crazy you do it you know more than that you're certifiably crazy but, <laughs> uh, uh the first time that i did it i was actually planning on uh, partnering up with somebody and we were going to run it as a team and uh unfortunately they had a part break like the day before they were to pack up and leave and couldn't get something in time so i i looked at my wife and said, you know what? I'm not missing this event. We're going to do whatever we have to do. And so I said, Iron Man, here we go. And, uh, you know, had absolutely no idea what I was doing, but, you know, through, through that experience, I was able to come back the next year and go, okay, I know how I want to split this race up as far as, as far as what I do. And, you know, the big thing on it is just organization as far as, um, my strategy and my team goes. So, they already have pre-planned what, when I'm going to pit. And I've, you know, got a list for them of here is exactly what I need when I stop, which, you know, food, water, uh, Gatorade, whatever, Camelback, goggles, gloves, somebody looking the machine over. And it, I mean, it's, it, you know, we've got it down to where, uh, to where I can get off the bike and I don't have to think, which is, you know, that five <laughs> minutes that, that I get that I don't have to think is, is a lifesaver. Oh, yeah. Man, so, so it's it's 24 hours straight, right? Or do you ever ten, get any? Ten hours. What's that? Ten hours. Ten oh, hours. Ten, ten, ten hours. hours. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Ten hours. I was. Yeah. That's still insane, man. Ten hours straight. Um, oh, I'm sure that uh, uh, thinking is the last thing that I would want to be doing as well, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I've, I've got a, I got a fantastic team of, of people that are, are just, um, you know, just as much, you know, motivated for this event as I am. And, and they're, they're all over it. I mean, if I could possibly need it, they've got it and, and they've got me, you yeah, know, yeah. but, uh, uh, you know, the, the thing that I, that I figured out over the years is cause I'm, I'm, I'll openly admit it. I'm not the fastest rider that there is. And, and so I've, I've had to break this up to where I had to maximize my track time. I don't get the opportunity to, to stop for 10, 15 minutes. So I, I break it up into two, five minute stops and one 10 minute. And that's, that's it. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. That's no. yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think the certifiably crazy thing is probably spot on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we all have to be a little nuts to even want to do it for two hours, but 10, yeah, yeah it's, you know, it, it's crazy. And even, even those that don't make it on the podium, those that finish hats off to them, they, you earn every, every bit of it. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Like, for sure. Are you like molded to the bike when you're done? <laughs> um, I, there, I, close i do have to get some assistance to uh to get back get back on it i there was uh one instance uh the last time i i did it where i i stopped and i had to tell somebody uh hey i can't kick the bike over can you please just get this thing to fire for me so I can get out of here? <laughs> oh man that's wild for sure so uh so when it comes to the team side of the race are are they allowed to have multiple bikes per rider or do they have to run the same bike you can have multiple uh, multiple bikes. So okay. on the team side, you get three riders. You can have up to three riders and up to three machines. And what there is is an impound area where the bikes that are not on track are kept in that impound. And there is somebody at the gate, and the only way that you can get in is if you are riding or pushing a bike into the uh, into the impound area. So you can't work on anything. You can't fuel it. You can't touch it. Oh, um, but, okay. You know, yeah. So depending on um, if the impound is before or after your, your pit stop, you may, when you know, you know, you're going to change riders. And if you want to change quads, you can pull in, jump on the next guy's quad, pull it out, park it, change riders or, or the opposite way, you know, uh, just, uh, that's just kind of how you can do it. And there's no limitations as far as when or how often you can change riders, um, you know, I, the trend that uh, that I've always run when I've run with teams is about every hour we switch. Mm-hmm. So you go and sprint for an hour, and then you get a two-hour break, and then you go sprint for an hour, and 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 so on. And um, you know, if, if you're comfortable on your quad and you you're not comfortable, you know, riding uh, uh, Joe Schmoes, then you can change it and get on yours and and just go. But if you want to, I've seen teams that will run the same quad for six and seven hours straight until it blows up and then they'll change and, and go. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild for yeah. sure. What we notice a lot is, is uh, when we see the guys from the GNCC prepping, like Walker uh, going over there, you see like their, their light system that they have mounted on the, on the bars. Um, is, is there like specs on, on the amount of lights you're allowed to have on, on these machines or is it kind of like a free for all uh, and you're allowed to flood the woods if you wanted to with lights? You can you can flood it with as many lights as your skater will handle. So you know whatever whatever you want to do. Uh, but the but the thing that you have to remember is is some like uh, with my light setup, it's on the bike for the full ten hours. So right. whatever I put on there has to make it until it's time to turn the lights on. And so sometimes it's it's a disadvantage to to have you know five and six different lights on there. 
So, uh, yeah, most of us, you know, run the run the big bars on their handlebars, and we might run a couple of spotlights on the on the front bumper or mount it somewhere in the front. And, um, you know, the the best, you know, just kind of it's up to up to rider preference um, of what they want. You know, I kind of kind of figured it out. And uh, the last uh, two nights ago, I was in in my little practice uh, loop with the with the woods with the lights on, and probably. Uh, annoying the neighbors at 9 p.m. <laughs> I, I needed to make sure it was going to work right. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, so uh, you talked about how big this event has grown, um, um, and, and it's really drawing a lot of the top guys in the sport for sure. Uh, so what kind of numbers are you guys uh, expecting this year, or and what have you had in the past? You know, uh, th- this year is kind of hard to tell um, I just because of uh, – how you know we didn't have the event last year so it kind of throws some things off but um a lot of the buzz that i've been hearing is there's a lot of folks that are you know with a lot of the racing that we missed last year due to due to the the virus and everything people are itching to kind of make up for that so you know i'm hoping that that we can have in the neighborhood of uh of 50 plus teams out there um you know in the iron man class you're typically looking at 15 to 16 guys who start the race and then uh you know, the side-by-sides as well on Friday night, uh, you know, there's usually some pretty decent numbers there. I, I'd say we've got 60-plus uh, that, that will show up for that through the various classes. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool, and that's pretty big. Um, it's cool to see. Uh, what I really like to see is is one-off races like this um, to really – find a, a a place a, a tradition uh in the sporting world and it's cool to see uh such a cool event be able to do that and do that consistently year in and year out and i hope it just grows bigger and better every single year for sure yeah absolutely you know I, yeah it's a one-off depending on your class it might pay out a little bit of money but it doesn't uh it doesn't pay points but you know what what i find that's really cool is is uh, I've teamed up with guys before that on any given Saturday, we're, we're banging bars against each other, trying to, you know, trying to beat the heck out of each other for points. But when this race comes, all right, all right, let's get, let's get this group together and let's team up and let's, let's collectively put our effort towards something, uh, something like this. And, um, you know, for a lot of us here in Iowa, you know, just speaking for myself, it's kind of cool to get teams from other states and other areas and, and see how we can stack up against them. And, and, you know, if we don't get the chance to venture out and hit an Ironman or hit an IXCR or an extreme or something like that. Right. We, we just uh, absolutely love it. And it's, it's really, uh, really a, just a fantastic one-off event and hats off to Andy Kiner and his whole team and GBC and everybody for putting this together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so now one thing, I, I'm not sure if you were mentioned already, if you did, I apologize. Uh, uh, when it comes to the teams and the Ironman, is there different classes, or is it just kind of like that's the that's the race? Uh, so, Ironman is its own class. Okay, and that is that's a run what you brung uh, kind of race. So you'll see four fifties going against thousand scramblers and and what have you. And then there are a bunch of different classes: uh, juniors, uh, women's, uh, C, B, A, uh, or double A pro. And then one of the other really unique uh, classes is the family class. So if, you know, uh, dad and his kid are racing two different classes and they want to race together, they can race against other families if they want to for, uh, for family bragging rights. Uh, that's but, really cool. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, but there's a there's a whole different uh, uh, wide range of classes for everybody that you know any skill level can come and participate, and you know that's that's what makes this event really cool. And then on top of that, there is also a three hour youth race. So they're racing fifties, they're racing nineties, and you know the the little ones can uh, can partner up with their friends and and uh, race against each other then too. Man, that's is, that's really cool. Super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they put a huge emphasis on the youth. They always make sure they've got a separate track for them and have always got something special for the, for the kids. So it's truly a, a family event from, from beginning to end. That's awesome. So uh, for fans like us that aren't going to be able to attend the race, what's the best way to keep track of how, um, how you know, guys are doing? And uh, is there live timing and scoring or uh, social media that we can be watching for? So, yeah, they've done uh, live scoring in the past, and this year should be no different. Um, the best way that I know to keep track with that would be to, on social media, Facebook, um, go to IATVHSS or uh, the uh, Heartland Challenge page on Facebook. They both should have links and other information as far as uh, how to keep track of everybody, and it's, it's very similar to uh, the GNCC style of, of tracking. You can go through by class and see how everybody's doing see the overalls the you know the whole bit so that would be uh the best way as far as uh far as i know to um to keep track of all that that's awesome man we'll definitely be uh keeping keeping track of that watching to see how you're doing and uh watching to see how some of the uh gncc guys that we know are doing uh is there a team or individuals to be uh looking out for that uh, might jump off the paper that's maybe not like a like a Walker Fowler or like, is there like any local legend type guys out there? Um, you know, that's the, that's kind of the fun thing about, uh, about this event is people are either going to say what they're doing or they're going to keep it really hush hush. And, and everybody's just going to have to figure it out when they show up and line up. Um, but, uh, while I haven't been given names, Andy Kiner has let it slip that, uh, hey, there are some other big names that are planning on being there, and they might be giving uh, Fowler and Gallagher and Notman a run for their money this year. Oh, wow. so, oh really? Uh, so who that is, I can't say, um, but it sounds like uh, some shots might be fired. And, uh, you know, while I'm going to be on the track the entire time, I'm going considerably slower than them because I've got to make it all 10, but that's a fun battle to watch and, and see how, how all that's progressing. Hmm, that's so interesting. That. That's, that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to have to start digging, digging now. <laughs> uh, are we talking same series as the GNCC or coming out of a different series? Uh, from what I, from what I gathered, I think it's GNCC, but okay. you know, there, there's nothing that says, uh, you know, some guys from Indiana who are running pro out there can't show up. You know, this is this is one of those things where uh, uh, one year there was, um, uh, I believe, Cole Richardson and uh, them brought a, brought a team out to uh, try to take on uh, Team Yamaha, and it came down to a broken chain. I mean, you know, just the littlest things can can uh, can make or break a race, and. As good as we all know, Mark Notman is. Who, who knows what could happen? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Will these uh, will these mystery riders be on a Yamaha? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I don't know, but uh, me being uh, being a Honda guy, you know, I, I ride red through and through. I'm I'm hoping that uh, 
that some red riders will show up and uh hey if you say there's if if you say that there's red riders showing up that's a big deal uh we can figure that out pretty quickly (laughs) (laughs) i I hope i i hope i i can't say for sure but i'm crossing my fingers that uh some boys that ride red will uh will show up and and uh give them a run for their money (laughs) (laughs) we try to pride out of them brandon So, hey, uh, Nick, we or, or we we appreciate you. I'm sorry, Kendall. I don't know why I called you Nick. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, uh, giving us the lowdown on it. Is there anything else about it that we missed that you uh, want want to talk about? Uh, you know, I think we we covered about most of it. Um, you know, the big thing with it is it's an experience. It's just one of those events that you know a lot of us have our bucket lists where I've got snowshoe in Vegas or Reno that I want to do one day, but this is one of those races that you just have to come and you have to experience it. Even if you don't race it, just come experience the, the challenge section, the, the night racing, everything. It's, it's, it's just one of a kind. That's awesome. That's awesome. I like to hear that snowshoes on your bucket list. That's a, that's a good one for sure too. Uh, the, well, you know, if it's, if it's the dumbest race possible, <laughs> I want to do it. I want to try and I want to try and make it. So if, Iron Manning, Heartland, Snowshoe, Vegas, you know, all that. Snowshoes up there. If I was, <laughs> if I was you, I'd be planning on doing snowshoes soon. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, uh, uh I, I'm hearing that might not be snowshoe too much longer. I, I'm just saying, I, I don't know. Uh, it's well, I'm, I'm 34, so, uh, I've got to do it here before, before I get too much older. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hey, uh, Kendall, uh, real quick, uh, favorite, uh, favorite fast food and favorite candy. Favorite fast food and favorite candy. I knew this was coming. Um, <laughs> what are you eating on the road trip or how long, how long is your drive by the way? You better be drinking Pedialyte's um, and. <laughs> I'm well. I'm drinking about a gallon of water every day and Pedialyte and everything, getting prepped. But uh, it's only a two and a half hour trip. Oh, for okay, me. what's on the what's on the trip home? Oh, there, <laughs> there we go. Oh, uh, on the trip home, uh, you know, if I can find a uh, a Five Guys, um, okay, one of their <laughs> one of their uh, burgers that'd be that'd yeah. be killer. And then um, favorite candy. If uh, if I had to do it for the rest of my life, it would be uh, the Hershey's dark chocolate in the freezer. Okay. Nice. Yeah. 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 I like that. That's cool. Hey, Kendall, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. And uh, uh, we're really looking forward to watching this race. And Brandon, we got to head out there sometime. Yeah, we're going on the big plans. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. definitely an event that uh, uh, definitely needs to be a bucket list goal for us. Well, anytime you guys come out, you're always welcome. I'll have a place for you to stay. Would would love to love to have you. Love to let you experience it. And uh, you know, whether you're racing or just just watching, it's it's something else. Yeah, we appreciate, appreciate that, it, man, yeah. for sure. And uh, again, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can uh, uh, take you up on that one year. <laughs> all right, all right, absolutely. Well, thank you guys very much. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, everybody who's coming out, please travel safe, and, and we're looking forward to having you. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Yep, all right. Have a good one, guys. All right, you too. Bye. All right, that was Kendall Cruz on the show. Uh, we appreciate him coming on, yeah. talking about the uh, Heartland Challenge. Uh, if we were going to make a team, who would be the third guy? I don't know. One of our other buddies. Craig? I don't know. With the uh, Kawasaki? Craig, Craig or Jonathan. Either one. <laughs> Craig or Jonathan.
Craig or Jonathan, yeah. yeah. Bring JT Hollywood back out. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can handle that one. Uh, that'd be that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> so, uh, episode forty-seven. That was a good show. Yeah, man, it was great. Yeah, Having Lane on. Her. Lane was a great guest. Yeah, Kendall was a great guest. Yes, we yeah. had uh, uh, some good stuff to talk about. Like we said, guys, we're going to be off this coming Monday. Um, uh, so we're going to be taking the week off. Uh, and then when we back, we'll have the Heartland Challenge to talk about. Uh, I guess we could, we'll have a little bit of ISDE stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Pro Motocross should be back by then. So uh, we should definitely be having some talking points coming back. Um, and then what do you think about doing like a uh, mid-season like pre-show for the rest of the GNCC season? Maybe we can get a, a guest on the line and kind of deep dive into what we think is going to happen the rest of the, rest of the year uh, in the pro classes. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, sounds I think good. so too. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what do you say we close this thing down, Brandon? Yeah, sounds good to me, man. Is uh, see you guys and well, won't see you guys, but talk to you guys in like a couple weeks. Couple weeks, we'll we'll miss you guys. Yeah, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll miss you as much as you miss us. We'll miss you. <laughs> Later, guys. Peace. Thank you.